We are live, JP. So use like on your own little go slow here. I'm waiting for it to pop up and say live. It's already 10 seconds in. All right. So what's going on, folks? Welcome to tonight's special Christmas episode of the Running Gun Podcast, even though it doesn't look anything like Christmas or anything, but that's all right. Uh, we are grateful and blessed to be joined by Ford AM linebacker Darius Fagan. So what's going on, Darius? What's going on, man? It's going good. It's going good, man. You know, we had a good talk before we even came on here and everything. So that was awesome. A lot of insight, a lot of good stuff, good vibes and everything. So, you know, and then Ace right there too. Ace, what's going on, Ace? Nothing much. I'm just here to go ask Nadarius the tough, hard questions. <laughs> nah, I'm just messing. I was just here to, we're going to have some fun with you guys tonight. Awesome. Awesome. And of course, as you know, folks, tonight we're going to talk about a little bit of everything. We got some questions for Nadarius and everything for the first quarter of the show. And then, as per usual, we're going to recap the Celebration Bowl and what happened. Who got stiff-armed into the transfer portal? <laughs> I think we all saw that. Um, you know, what fam you got coming back? You know, we're going to recap the 2022 season with Nadarius. And what's to come for him as he prepares for the NFL? Um, we're also going to talk about the NFL playoff picture. And – college football playoff, all that stuff. So as you know, of course, you know, be sure to leave a comment. If you are willing to leave a comment, head over to YouTube. If you have questions for Nadarius like we do, and if you want to add something that we maybe missed upon for him, feel free to comment. So as always, you know, yep, make sure you like, share, and subscribe. Uh, Nadarius, you got anything? Yes. Nadarius, you got anything before we get started? I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready for the questions. <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to roll into next. Don't go anywhere. Get comfortable. I know it's the Christmas season. If you made milk and cookies, go ahead and get comfortable on the couch around the Christmas tree. Watch Home Alone 2. Do all that good stuff. Let's go. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is JP. This is the Bull. This is JC. This is Flash. This is Jenny Hendricks. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to the Run and Gun Podcast. Just to keep it right here and stuff before we switch on over. So yeah, first first question I got for Nadarius is as follows. And yes, America, if y'all got questions for him as well, be sure y'all slide over to YouTube to leave a comment because the comments are not working on Twitter, unfortunately. We it's not supported well. anymore. Yeah, it's not. Not our fault. Just for some reason, StreamYard doesn't support it. So if you're on Twitter, click the profile picture, the link in the bio, head over to the channel. Or if anything, if you're on Twitter, just type in Darius Fagan on YouTube. It will be shown up in videos first. Oh, nice. Awesome. I'm glad you noticed and I don't. 
so let me go ahead and go right into it. So um, stats. If I hadn't found it. Oh. So yeah, let me go ahead and go right into it. So Nadarius, I, my first question I have to ask is, is uh, I asked Savion this last at the end of last season. For you, what was the biggest difference between like coming from the ACC and transitioning into like the MEAC slash SWAC? So the biggest difference, um, I would probably say the support and the people around you. Mm -hmm. um, at those schools, you're viewed as most mostly an athlete. Mm -hmm. And um, being at uh, HBCU or MEAC or SWAC school, um, I've experienced a lot of different things. And the most important thing I could pull away is that people actually view you as a person and really understand that you have off the field issues and you deal with stuff off the field. And you're bigger than the athlete. You are a person. That's how people treat you. So that is something I could say is a, a definitely a difference. Nice. Nice. Ace? Yeah, so I was going to say, instead of more the transition from the ACC to the SWAC MEAC, um, I was going to say, what do you think in terms of how the coaching, in terms of, you know, like treating yourself as a person, also as a player, and the SWAC with Willie Simmons, like how would you consider that difference in between the SWAC with Willie Simmons compared to Syracuse and the ACC? Uh, Willie Simmons is, like I say, every coach isn't the same. Willie Simmons is a great coach. He interacts with his players a lot. Um, Coaching-wise, I've learned a lot of football at FAM. Thank you to Coach Ryan Smith. Um, he's broken down football to a level that, op that opened my eyes and made me see a lot of different things. So I feel like maybe the coaching – to me, the coaching here is a lot, like, in-depth and hands-on uh, at these levels. Nice. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. So, man, that got me thinking now. Dang. Uh, mm. You know, I'm going to ask this one right here. So, so stepping onto this team for you, who would you say is – who? No, this is more of a practice question. Who gets the better of who in practice? Was because you know you got the rack boys over there on offense talking trash and the running backs they call themselves tote gang and everything, and then it's the dark clouds of defense on the other side. Like who who during these last two years in the swag was getting the better of each other? In, in practice, yeah. We all know the dark cloud defense. We do our thing. You know, the right boys, you know, the right boys, they had their little moments in practice where, you know, they shine. You got Zay Smith, uh, K-Dot, Manigo, uh, Jermaine. You got all those guys. So you can't, you know, they always going to shine. Right. So, you know, the dark cloud defense always going to smother. And we going to swarm to the ball. And, you know, so I tell you, the dark cloud defense definitely won practice a lot. I'm asking, I was asking that because I thought I liked the year. I was asking that because, like, after they had signed a transfer out of out of Minnesota, who's a Tallahassee product, they were talking about, oh, we finna go crazy again on defense and stuff in practice, and we can't wait to get them in there and then, and everything. And then I think uh, the true freshman Kareem Burke was saying, like, you know, it's not going to really matter because offense gonna still go crazy on them and stuff. So you know, I, love, I love the, the competitive nature. 
Uh, offense, like I said, offense has had their shine, you know, in practice. You know, they had their plays, what they did, they think. But, you know, dark cloud, overall, dark cloud defense definitely, you know, where's the crown? I like that. We're going to have to clip that part up. We're going to have to clip that and post that. <laughs> oh, All right. I'm going to go to a semi-different spot where it's like, what made you go to transfer from Syracuse to FAMU and why FAMU? Um, it was a lot of um, things going on back home. Um, I was dealing with family issues. So I wanted to kind of get closer to home. And as we all know, in the transfer portal, back <laughs> when I transferred, that made me sound old, I ain't that old. But when I transferred, uh, the transfer portal had just became a thing. And they were trying to, you know, decide rules and how things were going to go. And in order for me to play, I had to go down a level or sit out a year, transfer to another um, D1 institution. Um, mm-hmm. I decided to come to FAM because of um, Coach Roll, Coach, um, yeah. Coach Billy Roll. So um, I played for him in high school. Uh, he's a great coach and a great guy to be around. And, um, you know, he gave me a uh, call one day. and He was like, man, what you think about FAMU? I said, man, you know, I just want to play football and get closer to home. And, you know, I wanted to get a different experience. Um, uh, going to HBCU. So that's kind of something that I put into my mind. Like, okay, let's, let's, let's do it. Like coach Rose there, it's an HBCU and you know, you can start something, you can start something different. And I was there before the, you know, before the big come to HBCUs and things like that had played into effect. So I feel like that's something that drove me to do it. I will say, right, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna add on. I'm gonna add on to that question there. I was like, so what? What did you major in at FAMU? Because I know you said uh, before we came on, you're gonna graduate this year. So what did you major in when you came to FAMU, and uh, what you're graduating? Had, I had graduated um, with a degree in interdisciplinary studies with a minor in education. Nice, nice. So, nice. All right. I just, um, I chose that because. Well, I chose as a minor to minor in education because I just like being around kids and seeing kids smile. And changing the youth is a big part in this society. And, you know, growing them while they're young and being able to talk to them and guide them to do the right things while they're young is definitely something I look forward to doing. Would you ever go into, like, high school coaching down the line? Like, you can be a teacher and a coach, if anything? Um, I haven't really thought about coaching at the moment um, because I'm a uh, like I said, I'm a current player in football, so, you know, coaching hasn't really done it on me yet, but I definitely think, like, later on down the line, years to come, I'm probably going to get into coaching. I can dig it. I can see it. I can see it. I like, I like that. I like that. Uh, so, for me, my next question is this. So, just to recap that 2022 season, um, so as we everybody knew about what had happened, to start the year off, you know, y'all were headed to to the airport to go play UNC. You're headed up to Chapel Hill to go play the Tar Heels, and then all of a sudden, y'all can't board because certain players are ruled ineligible. And then, you know, y'all still went in there. Y'all fought y'all butts off. Y'all competed at a very high level with the eventual ACC Coastal Division champs. And then, you know, y'all go to y'all go to Miami, and then. What happens there? What happens is what happens, and then y'all rip off nine straight 
to go nine and two. So you just recap all of that if you can. So as a senior on the team, you know, it was kind of hard saying that people had went through the things that they had went through being at the university. So um, we kind of decided as a team that we was, when we decided to go, we decided to go play and we was going to give it our all going into North Carolina. Um, Jackson State is Jackson State. I don't really have too much to say about that game. Enough was, you know, said. But um, after that game was an eye opener. Like, you know, like, okay, we played good in North Carolina. We went into Miami. It wasn't a really good result. So let's not let's not have that feeling in our mouth again and continue to go out with the rest of the season. We're not going to, we're not going to, like, no matter the situation, we're not going to lay down. We're not going to give in. Like, we're going to fight to the finish. And um, that's kind of what, that's, that's what we did uh, the rest of the season, the rest of the way. Um, I would want to say it's season, maybe around that time, we kind of like, you know, we, we, we bonded even closer as a team midway because we seeing, okay, like we winning, you know, we got to do more. And then towards the end, you know, we tried to get a shot at the playoffs, but you yeah. know, to each his own. And I feel like I tell, I told people like, I feel like we definitely deserve a chance, but every. But stuff like that, you know, you, you can't control that. You know, you only can control what you can control. And that's what we did. We won out the rest of the season and did everything we need to do on our end. But, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I will say I felt that y'all were more deserving to go over, you know, a team like Montana, who I thought shouldn't have even been in there because they got – dude, they, hey, so they got beat 55 to, like, 21 by Montana State. They, they, they didn't deserve to be in there. I'm gonna be honest with we, you. We had a we had a nice long discussion about that back in November. Oh yeah, yeah, we we did, we did. I, uh, and, like the know, season finale, I think. Yeah, see, yeah, right before the Florida Classic. Yep, we did. Yeah, because look, Nadir's like, in our opinions, we felt you know we were like this team did deserve a home game against say you know Mercer or. Who else was that that got in? It wasn't Austin P. I think it was Gardner Webb who was six and five, or even Fordham, or you know somebody. Because I felt like y'all could have won. Because in my opinion, I was like, there, there's a seven win team out there that is not better than this nine win football team. And a I said, nine win football team that's only losses were against a ranked FBS school in UNC with the Heisman candidate and the SWAC champs, but with and both games were played under man, but that's another conversation. But a question I have for Nadarius was, I've only had, ever had one pick wrong for FAMU in the games, but what what was the spark after the Jackson State game? You were kind of mentioning it, but I want to know like, what was the spark in the team that set off that nine-game win streak this season? So, um, when we got back to practice on Sunday, Coach had spoke to the team, and you know, um, it was kind of quiet. Like, nobody really talk it wasn't really things said but what stood out most was that we as a team without nobody even speaking as a team we knew what we had to do and how hard we had to work to dig ourselves out of a hole and uh like I say everybody looked like when you look at somebody or when we walked in the weight room with each other we knew like what time it was um that was something that I say played a big role and the spark 
with the team is that we knew what type of team we had and the chemistry we could make going into the uh, rest of the season. And knowing that we didn't want that taste in our mouth no more, like that losing feeling. And um, that's something that I say definitely like, like played a tremendous part in us going on that nine-game winning streak. Mm. Wish yeah. more teams could be like that. Oh yeah, no. yeah, that's what I was. Like, I, I that's why I, I love. That's what I loved about the teams for these past two seasons. They they faced adversity. They were able to come together, and I feel like this team this year, which I thought was better than last year's team, was able to come together even more. Because, dude, the possibilities were endless for this team. I thought, and it still is endless. Because I think, as bad as as much as it hurts me to say, and I know a lot of people don't want to hear me say it. I think getting left out might have been a blessing in disguise because when I listened to Willie Simmons' show, the one thing he said was nobody hung their heads after finding out y'all didn't get in or anything like that. As a collective whole, y'all went straight to the weight room. So um, one thing I could add to while we on Willie Simmons, um, he prepares his players for adversity. So mm-hmm. he prepares his teams for – Whatever it is that is to come, whether it's a loss, whether it's a, a, a fourth quarter, you got to dig deep in the fourth quarter, or whether you in a weight room and like he prepares you for adversity, and that's one thing I could say he pounds on is like when adversity hits you, that you he he shows you and he teaches you that you have to get up and fight, whether it's football or life, and that is one thing that me playing for him for the past three seasons that I could say like he's really drilled into his players and molded them into, you know, men and better football players is that when you face adversity, you continue to fight no matter what. I like that. I like that. Ace, anything? All right. Well, I don't know how long we're going in this segment, but I want to know, uh, JP asked this question earlier. I want to know, for Christmas time, since it's Christmas time, which home, which Home Alone movie you prefer, Home Alone One or Home Alone Two? That's a hard. This is just a lighting up a mood yeah. one. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a hard one. I'm 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 probably gonna take Home Alone Two. Lost in New York. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Home Alone Two. I feel I. I could get with that. Honestly, like for me, for a little while, it was Home Alone one, but then I started watching Home Alone two a little bit more, and I was like, I gotta go with that one. Yeah, I, 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 I love Home Alone two. <laughs> I um, asked that question. I didn't even realize he had Home Alone two playing in the background. And, hey, look, dude. There's always a little Easter egg on here. You gotta look for. Um, here's my last question before we move on to the HBC aspect of the show. Um. Best dressed coach on the team. Ooh. What what was your question? The best dressed coach on the team. Oh, the coach with the most swag. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> none of them ain't got no swag, but the one the most swag that can get close to it. Um oh snap. <laughs> Try I'm, 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 I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Coach O. Coach Orlando. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna take Coach O because that's probably as close as you're gonna get to having some sweat. He he got some he got something mental, and uh, you know he, he could be clean sometimes. <laughs> Only sometimes. 
Yeah, you can be clean more often, but you know. Okay, I got you. I got you. Okay, now, so I'm I'm gonna add like a little thing. So when you say the guys who don't have swag, what kind of what kind of outfits do they come to game day with? Um, they come in with like, how can I put this? <laughs> to me. They dress more like and you ever seen Andy Reid? They dress like Andy, yeah. Reed, you know, built like they, uh, that's not really, you know, that's 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 the that's the close that's the best I can give. Okay, you Andy Reid during the game or Andy Reid with the Hawaiian T-shirts? Andy Reid. Andy Just to, Reed, for the people to be clear. Okay, this is Andy Reid during the game, but they're before like their pregame uh, dress codes. <sighs> Man, they got some things. Um. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Simmons probably represents a, like a pretty good coach, you know. But he he could, you know, he got the kick game on lock. You know, he got yeah. a lot of kicks. Yeah, he got the kick game on lock. Yeah. But you know, the 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 tire could be a little better, you know. Sometimes <laughs> that's a good spot right there. That was <laughs> oh snap! Oh my gosh! All right. So now we're in the HBCU portion of the show. So um, the Dares, as you know, uh, as you're, you're graduating senior, you you hear and you see about the new commitments and everything with the early signing period. So, bam, you made some good moves actually today alone. Mm-hmm. Three key guys committed. Um, I believe his name's Sharif Saeed, the transfer from Southeast Louisiana, and then they also picked up Tyrese Gibson Battles. Who's also another transfer coming in from Garden City Community College, and there was a third one. I can't find it right now. But yeah, a couple of key moves defensively that were much needed. So, as as Nadarius Fa- Fagan hinted at America, Dark Cloud's defense is going to be pretty good. Again, very good. So, um, to to add on that, I feel like when they come in, like. This team, well, this program has done a very good job uh, um, accepting players and bringing them in, and you know, buying and they're they're binding into the program. So I feel like the guys that are returning from the, you know, the previous two teams, um, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna bring those guys in and and you know, bring them in the FAMU way, which mm-hmm. is you know, play fast, play hard, play physical, and that's why I feel like it's a continuous like strand of dark cloud defense and doing pretty good, uh, doing good as far as their like um, play-wise and um, shutting some opponents out. And I just feel like, you know, the guys that have, you know, have molded themselves into the program and did a lot for the program uh, mm-hmm. this year and the previous year have definitely like, has, has my eye on, you know, bringing those guys in and making them feel welcome to the program. Definitely. Definitely. Um, where's I at? Okay, here we go. So um, I think we can all kind of agree that we all saw the Celebration Bowl, correct? Yeah. This is what I'm going to talk about. Let's talk some smack. Not smack, but more like we knew what was coming once you found that half the team already had the half a foot out the door. You kind of knew what the outcome was going to probably be. Yeah, and it's yeah, just so, like the way how it ended. You're like, I don't want to say it was kind of deserving of how it would end, but you're like, 
we kind of knew NC State was going to – Jackson State wasn't going to win a celebration bowl with Dion. Let's just leave it at that. Um, I went into game. I went into the game. I honestly assumed that Jackson State would have won. I didn't think they were going to blow them out, but mm. I expected them to win. Being that they went last year and they came in with a huge chip on their shoulder trying to complete an undefeated season, and being that they were there last year and they didn't come up with the victory – so returning, I assumed that they would go in and, you know, accomplish the goals that they needed to. But um, we all seen the results. Um, definitely a, a, a shocker. For me, it was a shocker watching that game. Honestly, I will say I expected – I when I expect I thought I thought North Carolina Central would have won, but it's the way it, how they won is what got me because – Jackson State dropping an open touchdown in overtime. Yeah, and I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I feel for that kid. I feel yeah. for that kid. It's, it's not, it's, it's not easy on him. Apparently, he's been getting death threats and stuff. And like, I hate point. when that happens. Like, um, to comment on that, I just feel like people have to understand that athletes are human. You know, we make mistakes. Things happen. You know, it, it, it was a costly mistake on his behalf. You know. Being that he prepared very well for that moment, being that, you know, he's been coached up um, for situations like that. I just feel like people have to understand that we are humans, you know, outside of football. You know, we deal with things. We deal with life. So um, bashing people and, and, and you know, uh, kicking people when they're down is something that a lot of athletes deal with. And I just feel like, you know, like, in those situations, you know, there are going to be people to bash him, but the closest people around him, I don't know this. I'm not, I don't know the uh, player personally, but I would like to say, like, the people around him, I hope they're picking him up, uh, encouraging him to do better, you know, and uh, go work on his craft and prepare for next season and forget about what happened because in this game, you got to have amnesia because you're going to make mistakes. Um, you're going to get a lot of reps, so every rep is not going to be perfect. I've watched the best of the best. I've watched film on the best of the best, and not every rep was perfect. So I just feel like in this game, you know, being a football player, people have to see more than just um, the player and see them as a person. Exactly. That was – because my thing was, I was like, okay, he dropped it. All right. Move on, get the next play. But you have to look at the other aspects of the reason of why Jackson State lost, and people people are going to forever point to that moment. But how about we also look at the fact that Jackson State gave up 276 yards on the ground? It's it's not just him. It was not just him. So it's it's other factors at play here. Like, And I'm confident he will bounce back, whether he hops in the portal and goes somewhere, whether he comes back. You know, he's – so I'm, I'm like I said, I'm hoping the best for him. Honestly, I really am. Um, the other thing too, uh, as far as you know, looking ahead to 2023 for FAMU, Darius, I already know that you said, you know, favorite every- for the slack. Just saying, FAMU favorite for the slack. I was gonna get there, but yeah, no, I remember. I noticed Darius, you said that you know, when those new guys come in, they're gonna be welcomed in that FAMU way. And honestly, the, I will say the momentum that Coach Rispus and uh, Willie Simmons and this whole entire staff has had already going into the early signing period, you know, I got to ask it here. If it pops up, there we go. 
Um, I feel like FAMU will improve a lot, you know, being that, like I said, they have a lot of guys returning on both sides of the ball. And um, you know what that means when you got guys that have experienced the program, playing under the same coach, going into a new, se uh, new season with the same coaching staff. Uh, mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, those – those guys that are transferring in, like I said, are going to have a role. And the guys that have been in the program before, are going, um, they're, they're going to, they're going to help those guys play those roles. So they're going to help them improve and become players that they're meant to be within the program. And uh, that's why I feel, like I said, that's why I feel earlier that this program has done uh, these past few seasons that I've been here. They've definitely, when I came in, even when I came in, you know, the guys brought me in and, you know, I was molded into the player I am today because of the guys that took me in and I understood the program and I understood the culture. And we've established that culture here at FAMU and uh, it will continue to go on um, until eternity. I hear you. I hear you. Um. And then also, too, you know, we got a couple head coaching vacancies still out there. So the thing coming says you have to hire someone. Pine Bluff, Valley, uh, North Carolina A&T, Party Ways with Sam Washington. Uh, oh, yeah. That's, we're, so you you were you were there during the – I think you already know where I'm about to go. Yeah, the, the NCAT game. Yeah. If you – oh, we got a comment. Hold on. Wait a minute. FAMU is becoming the JSU in recruiting. Hmm. Darius, you got anything to say to that? Um, we make we we. I don't I don't like to compete in that way. You know, we doing what we do best. You know, number one public HBCU. To put that out there, I hear you. <laughs> I feel you. Uh, but yeah, so back to that 2019 North Carolina A&T game because Sam Washington, he's a Tampa guy. Went to AT. I I wasn't there for like the pregame warm-ups, but I was there for the halftime thing and everything like that. I I I was wondering, you know, what was going on with the whole madness and stuff. Cause and then it wasn't even y'all. They came with all that all all that frustration. And they weren't even focused on playing the football game. Y'all were. And it spoke to who because of who won the game at the end. The last two meetings. Yeah. So it was. Good evening. Good evening. What's up? Good evening. But yeah, no, because I, I, I've been, I've been asking everyone about that because I, I asked Coach Lemke about it when we had him on and everything, uh, and he said that he was up in the box when it all happened. But yeah, my fault. I didn't mean to harp on that one. But, but uh, 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 with that situation, you know, it's football. It's mm. a it's a um, gridiron sport, so I feel like a lot of tension was raised at the time. And you know, like I say, it's football, so you know, like you go, you tend to compete, and you know, you want to know who's who. And I feel like words were exchanged. Uh, you know, things took place, and we all know what took place. Yeah, but, uh, I feel like things took place because words were probably exchanged, and you know stuff like that and egos were pushed out and that's most of the times what what happens in those situations and when egos are tested you know you got the some people feel like it's fire with fire so 
you know, that's why I feel like sparked that situation. Oh yeah. No, I and I felt like that and even like that situation for me, I felt like was they saw y'all as a threat at, before the MEAC became what it was now or what it is now. I feel like they saw y'all as a threat and they so they knew y'all were coming for that crown and y'all were getting ready to push them off the throne. And I think that they were trying so desperately to hold on towards the end. And the same situation when where Grambling came in for homecoming last year, I think that when y'all came into the conference, I think they realized like, okay, we're the longest standing. We have the most championships in this conference. This is our conference. And the way I think y'all were dominating them in the trenches and up front, I think that they didn't like that. And so, like, they took it as, you know, okay, they're trying to push us off our pedestal. And quite frankly, y'all did after the last two meetings. And I think that that's where that frustration that you talked about, the, the whole egos thing, I think that's where that came from. So um, the gremlin, like, I, um, Coach always tells us that the week of the game is, like, one of the only schools in HBCU that can compete with us when it comes to championships and things like that is Grambling. Mm -hmm. so, um, like you said, uh, things like that uh, boosts egos and, you know, individuals feel as though, you know, they got to take it in their part to, you know, uh, make sure that things go their way. So I feel like that's kind of what happened. What goes on during a week of practice is like, okay, this is the, like, with us and them, I feel like it's like, you know, this is one of the only schools that can compete with you when it comes to championships and stuff like that. So I feel like that's 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 a, that's a conversation that sparks a lot of egos and you know things like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, we got another comment, guys. The Simmons clapback was legendary after the A and T comment. I'm trying to remember what did he say. What did he say? I'm trying to remember what did he say. I can't remember what he said. Uh, that was a minute ago. Yeah, that was. It was 2019. I'm trying to remember what he said. That was before my time. <laughs> yeah, that, that too. That's before we were even doing in-person podcasts on here. I can't remember what he said. I'm trying to figure out what shows that behind you. Which show is up behind? I can't I don't even know. Honestly, I, this is Freeform. Freeform's 25 days of Christmas. That's all I know. But um, we can go ahead and I swing. Mean, it is up. It's all good. We can go ahead and swing on over to the NFL with this. Hmm. How about them Bucks? I you thought the what? Saints were bad, but now the Bucks did it worse. You know what? I wasn't even going to go there. I, I thought the Colts were bad, but nope, the Bucks still did it worse. I think those Colts, the Colts yeah, no, no. blowing that lead is a different form of any lead I've seen blown because they didn't even turn. Well, Matt Ryan didn't turn the ball over. Let's rephrase that. Brady turned it over four times in the second half. That game was crazy. That 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 was that was a game. That was. We flipped the grad transfer commit from AT Ashton Grable. I ain't, I ain't see that yet. I, I, don't, I ain't see that one yet. Honestly, I'm still trying to figure out who is this big time commit that's about to break the internet that Coach Rispers has been talking about. 
Like, let's hurry on up to like, something to talk about in January. I feel like I feel like you know, but I know you don't want to spoil it. <laughs> yeah, that's I um all I can say is Coach Richards does a great job at what he does. As you see, these past couple City. Of days, we've um we've we've had some commits here at FAMU. So um mm-hmm. Coach Rispris, uh Kendall, um those 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 group that group of people does a great job at what they do best in the recruiting game. And you know. If they had a better team than FAMU, had better coaching was the club. Oh, oh, okay, I got you. Okay, I remember that now. I remember the whole the better team thing. Dallas losing. Okay. This one, I did. I didn't even expect this one. I I, I did expect this one because I picked Jacksonville to win this game, so I can't even say I was surprised. No, I was. I was, was low key surprised at that win. I I I have been so annoyed with Dallas and especially Dak because Dak has this obsession with throwing it to either a tight end or a running back on a checkdown or to Noah Brown. Game on the line. You know most quarterbacks. Game on the line. Like you watch. Mahomes, you watch Brady, even Burrow now, right? You watch those really good quarterbacks. Who do they go to when the game is on the line? Wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Mm-hmm. Now nah, Dak Prescott, game on the line. He's going to Dalton Schultz and Noah Brown. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, there you go. I'm to say Wait, so so Nadarius, I bet say who so who are you a fan of in the NFL? A player or a team? I was like, me both. I want to hear both. Um a player, I have two. So um number one is um Darius Leonard. Okay. I'm a fan of him because he comes from the HBCU level and he's definitely did his thing in the NFL. I watch mm. his film breakdowns all the time. Um I try to, you know work my game around some of the stuff he does. And um, as we all know, I'm a fan favorite of my my, my guy, uh, Marquise Bell. Oh, yeah, because y'all used to be roommates. Yeah. Yeah, so, but Dallas doesn't play him, so I can't root for him for that. I can't root for Dallas for that because Dallas um, doesn't even play him. He's, he's, he's gotten in before I seen him make a tackle or two, but, you know, um, that that's my boy. You know, and, uh, I'm, I, I, was, I was like, it damn near brought tears to my eyes. When I seen him, you know, in the game, being that, you know, I was with him here and we put in work together and he's made it to that level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was glad to see him actually, uh, you know, show the world what he's capable of. So of that, so now I got to ask, because I saw why not us. Who's the better cook? Who can cook better breakfast in the house? Who was the, at the time we all roommates, who was the better cook? Me. Me, I, I I do it all. I'm Mr. I'm Mr. Do it all. I'm Mr. Do it all. That's hey, it. Oh. Can you make snacks? I can make snacks. I can make breakfast. I can make dinner. I I, I could kind of you know I, I could do my thing in the kitchen. I feel you. I, okay, I'm with that. I'm with that. They so Marquis Bell wasn't even cooking nothing. He can cook a little something. Yeah, he all right. You know he he all right. Oh man, oh man! All right, so yeah, as y'all know, of course, you know Dallas plays Philly this week. In yeah, Dallas. I'm gonna get Gardner Minshew. Yeah, against I Gardner. still think. 
I think Gardner Minshew still beats them. We'll see. But yeah, so, so who's your I'm not hating on Dallas. I like the defense and all that. But damn, that gets me mad sometimes. Who's your favorite NFL team, though? My favorite team? I used to like Tennessee Titans because of Derrick okay. Henry, but I don't really like them no more. Um, Why, because they traded A.J. Brown for a bag of chips? Yeah, I I ain't, I wouldn't I wouldn't fall into that. But um my favorite team I, I gotta go with back I gotta go with the Dolphins. No matter what, win, lose, or draw, I'm, I'm a Dolphins fan. Okay. Okay. Dolphins fan. So how you do on the league, so can't yeah. go wrong with that. How you feel about Tua? Tua's a good quarterback. He's a but I I think that draft personally we should have got justin herbert personally mm. i feel like he could have been a better fit at miami um you know he's doing his thing at the Chargers, but you know I, I felt like personally like justin herbert should have been something we grabbed off the board somebody should give detroit the god offer offer the god offer for the godfather option offer to the lions to take Kerber at three. That's what I think, but we won't get into that. So upset yeah. about that. But. So, so now since we also since we already know too, like like you're preparing for the NFL draft at the same time too. So is I know you said Darius Leonard is a guy that you emulate your game after, but could you also like, tell us you know, depending on which te- like if there's any team out there that you could go to, which veteran? would you love to, like, be in that linebacker room with and mentor during training? Not mentor, but be an understudy to during training camp. Jeez, um, that's kind of – because it's, it's, it's a lot of them. I would probably say Den- Denzel Perryman. He's been a, he's been in the NFL a, a, a while. He's on the Raiders, right? Yeah, he plays for the Raiders. Yeah. He, um, he's been in the league for a while. He's – oh. Let's, let me slow down. I'll take that back. I'll say Levante David. Oh, okay. I'll say Levante David. He 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 knows the game very well. He's he's done it at a high level. He's won a Super Bowl. He knows what it takes to, you know. He knows what it takes to be a Pro Bowler or have a long stint in the league. So I would want to play behind somebody like that that has a lot of experiences, you know, that has done a lot in the NFL. Um, and he, you know, he's a South Florida, you know, he 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 from down that way. So, you know, he kind of we could relate in ways. So, you know, um, Levante Day would definitely be a linebacker. I would love to play alongside or be in a room with and learn a lot from. I like that he said that. See, because now it's. If he, he was just like because he put he, he said Levante, you know, because then that way if he actually ended up in the Bucks training camp, I could go see him when I'm done with when I finish school. I could go see Medarius in training camp, and then plus, like like you said, like, dude, that linebacker room has experience. That defense has it's young, but it's got experience. It needs to wake itself up in certain areas, but it's got experience. Between Devin White, Levante David, you know. Well, Levante shouldn't be holding on fourth down, but that's a different conversation. Don't see, don't see. Look look what you made. Look. See, here you go. 
Here you go. Wow. What I do? Come on, Levante shouldn't be holding up. I'll oh no, you you good, man. You good. Honestly, I will say your your connection has been better than Yeah, you're you've had so far the best connection we've got from anybody over by FAMU. Well, that's a plus. I'll take it. Exactly, dude. I'm telling, like, better than Allison Posey's. She worked for oh, ABC. She had to go when, out. When we it. had Allison and Savion on, it was dropping like every two minutes. So, to, to the fact you've been on for the entire show and no, I'm going to jinx it probably, but the fact the internet's hold up this good so far is just like phenomenal. Oh, wait, no. There we go. I like Denzel Perryman, too. Yeah, because he's a Raiders fan. That's Speaking, speaking of the Raiders, what, what you thought about the uh, ending of that game, Nadarius, this week? That game Sucking was that wild. Yards back. Yeah, that, that, that game was wild. That game, that... Uh, to be... I've never seen that. For the Raiders to win that game, it probably was a great feeling. Mm-hmm. But the opposing, ah, that, that would have been a hard pill to swallow to lose that game in that fashion. That would have been a hard pill to swallow for me. I agree. I don't know what it is with this past week of games, but like it just seemed like if you had the lead at the half, it wasn't safe. But the Raiders were up at the half. It was like 17-3. But they had to hold on at the end still, and then you had the they got away with the BS touchdown call too. The Raiders, yes, yes, they did, and so did uh, the Giants. The Giants got away with that pass interference at the end. <laughs> you were on the other side. Well, yeah. remember last year the Raiders got lucky. The Chargers were boneheads and called a timeout. When they both could have gone into playoffs. That's true. That is true. And then the Raiders ended up getting their butts whacked by the Joe Burrow. But I had another question regarding, you know, the NFL for, for you to Darius, and I, I can't think of it right now. It's I had it in my mind and I lost it. It's going to come back to me though. Um, but. In the meantime, we can also ask, you know, we can also ask this question right now uh, before we move on. Are the Bengals peaking at the right time? The Bengals uh, pass rush is hurt. Yeah, that's that's I don't I don't I don't think so. Mm. Their two best defensive ends are both hurt, so I I, I, I can't say that yet. Yeah, I, I can't I think wildcard weekend is when they peak. That's true. For me, it was just when I, I, I was actually there Sunday. I saw with my own eyes, Ooh. Joe really figured so that's it out. That's why they lost. Look, look. <laughs> hey, you know what? Gonna hey, just... y'all made the deal with the devil to beat the Saints <laughs> because Marking can stick the ball out one yard. But I have moved well, on. It's also weird because. You know, I'm not even gonna go into that because then we'll be we'll be here and he's gonna have to give a TED talk. We're not, I'm not gonna do that. We can just go ahead no, and tra- in therapy session with the Saints. 
We can go ahead and transition on to college football. So, as we all know, uh, there's four New Year's Six Bowls that aren't related to the playoff. JP. You got – you got – It's yeah. there. I hanged it up. I'm afraid to do it right there. Oh, hold on. I'm going to move the the uh, penalty talk thing. Wow. I'll just let Nadir see. We did this, the season finale. So, this was before the actual playoff rankings came out. Uh-huh. And we ran through the different ones where if, like, you had the different scenarios, and this is our winner right here. This was the ended up thing, so I kept it. It was actually very – I got every single one. Because not – most people thought USC was going to beat Utah. And turned out, no, that's not the case. If you go back and, and look – They thought Bambo was going to get in over Ohio State. We're at, no. If you go back so and look – my- I have a question. What do you ahead. think – what what do you think about Nick Saban's comment about the playoffs extension? Like what what do you what do you what do you think was it the right time for him to say it? And what do you think about the playoff extension? Mm. Mm. I will well, say to the fact Bama is gonna be the last team to ever not make it as a, like a five or six seed is it's gonna be a tough pill for that team to swallow, given the talent on that team. But Saban's Saban's won enough where you're like he can say whatever he wants, and he can't judge him for anything he says. Yeah, and then I think as far as the expansion goes, at first I was I was very I was not in favor of it, but now that I've I've had a chance to look at it and kind of glance upon it and everything. I think it would be pretty interesting. I think I think an expanded playoff field would be pretty interesting. It's because say for instance now you have a couple of teams like say, you know, you got a Florida State, you got a Clemson, you got a couple extra SEC teams now in the mix to where they can all have a chance at, you know, knocking off a top seed and everything. It kind of presents itself as if it's March Madness all over again, the football style. Um, and I still hold true to my original thought process on it where I felt, I thought, you know, okay, here's what's going to happen. It's going to expand to 12 teams. The SEC is going to get half the field and the SEC is going to run through that table and they're going to have a majority of the teams still sitting there when you get to the final four. But I will say, I think now, now that I've had a chance to kind of dwell on it and think about it, I think, I think it would be good. Ooh, this is a good one. <laughs> Any chance Colorado can make some noise in a couple of years? I don't know why anybody in a brain cell will go up to Colorado though, just to play for a head coach. Um, would you? Okay, let me refer that. Nadaris, would you go up to Colorado to play for Dion? I. I, I Okay, I'm going to say this to you, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. If Deion Sanders was recruiting you and Deion Sanders came into your living room, how could you tell him no? How would you tell, how would you tell, that's like, how would you tell him no if he came inside your living room and told you he, he, he'd like to offer you at Colorado? It's a committable offer. How could you tell Deion no? Okay, I'm going to counter that with, okay, if you're Travis Hunter and you got an offer from Kirby Smart and you're from Georgia, 
How, do you tell Dion no? So, with, uh, to be honest, <laughs> um, Travis Hunter is a is a is a great player, but I think honestly, because Ringo I, gone, I, Max I could, starting I corner could, spot open. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. D, I couldn't tell Dion no. I couldn't. He told you, you would tell you would tell you would tell Kirby Smart no over Dion. Wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, go wait. Say that again to Darius. Being in Travis Hunter's shoes, me, I'm telling you what I would do. This is what I would do. I wouldn't turn down Dion's offer. Cause the conference he's going in, they like to pass the ball. So you you have a, a chance to be if you you have a chance to either get a thousand receiving yards or get a huge amount of interceptions. And you, like you plan for one of the best DBs to ever play football. So you can take a lot from his game. You've already played for him, but it's on a different level. You get what I'm saying? So now you can prove that you are who you are on that level while playing for him still. And it says a lot. And, and that says a lot. Right, I'm going to do one last counter. But if you go to Georgia, right, you've had George Pickens come out from Kirby Smart. He's looking really good right now. And then you have Kelly Kelsey Ringo, who's going to be a top five pick. Yeah, if you do, if, if Travis Hunter goes to the SEC and shows up, he's going to be a top five lock, where if he goes to the Pac-12 and shows up, he may be top 10 because there's going to be the Pac-12 conversations compared to the SEC competition. Yeah, I mean, you got Drake London out now that came through and went to Atlanta. Yeah, Drake basically. London over Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave is looking like a great idea so far. So and Jamison Williams. Uh, that's I don't I don't I just personally No no I was like I, I have no no problem with people going to Colorado. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying if you had the opportunities, right? Like if you're a top recruits and you have opportunities to play for Kirby Smart or Nick Saban or Deion Sanders in Colorado, and you're from the South, do you go up to the cold in Colorado, or do you stay in the warmth of the South? That's just all I'm saying. So the weather plays a part, but let's 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 be realistic about the situation. Mm-hmm. Like we talking about Deion, we and like you know. I feel like as a coach, he's he's shown that he's capable of molding players to be, you know, great players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and then like like he said, no matter where you go, if you ball and you are who you say you are, and you show that you are who you say you are, that's true. You you can go you can go wherever you wherever you play ball at, and I just feel yeah. like playing for Dion and getting that coaching, as far as him being a defensive back. How can you how how can you say no? That's true. And I'll say this too, now that he's now that Darius said that. You gotta look at this the Pac 12 landscape. It's about to get pretty easy after this season. Cause UCLA who's come up, they're leaving to go to the Big Ten. You have USC who's come up and re-risen under Lincoln Riley. They're leaving they was kicked by Ohio State and Michigan, but yes, continue. They're going off to the Big Ten as well, too. So now you have Washington, who's got Michael Penix, who won't always be there. We don't know what Washington is going to look like year to year. They're going to be tough, but they're not going to be, like, elite. 
We got Oregon, who they're going to be a tough outing. They're not going to be elite. And then you got Utah, who eh, they're going to be there, but they're not elite. They're not a playoff-worthy team. So No, they just, they just show up in the Pac-12 championship. Exactly. They're a Rose Bowl team at best. So that leaves room for Dion and Colorado to really do some damage. So I'm, I'm going to leave it like that. That's a, Good that's debate, a guys. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a fair statement. I think we had a very productive conversation on that point. I mean, in the NFL, you're going to be playing in the cold, so why not? Yeah, honestly, that that's that's true, too. You're going to have true. to take a trip up to Green Bay or what you saw Monday night. I think it's, what, negative nine degrees, nine degrees or something like that in um, – Cleveland this week with 35 degree wind chill. Oh, Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo. Buffalo. Where we saw literally that. throwing snowballs in the air after every touchdown. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it, if I go to Colorado, especially now, because Colorado's about to get really popular like it was back in the 90s. So, I wasn't around the 90s. So I can't tell you how Colorado was in the 90s. <laughs> Yeah, you Where, no, any not none of us were around in the nineties. Well, maybe Jordan, but the Darius, you see how he poked at me? <laughs> I'm just throwing the jokes. Don't don't mess with me, Nadarius. I just throw the jokes out. Don't worry about me. <laughs> so, next question I got is, you know, for for Nadarius, most intriguing New Year's Six Bowl matchup that's not a playoff matchup. So you got the you got the Sugar Bowl, you got the Orange Bowl. You got the most in, like the unique one is Tulane and USC in the Cotton Bowl, and then I believe yeah Orange Bowl, Sugar Bowl, Cotton Bowl, and then you got the Rose Bowl between Utah and Penn State. So for you, like which one's the most interesting? I say the Utah and Penn State. I say that game because, like you said, like both of those programs, they they're not playoff playoff worthy teams, but they are pretty decent teams. You know what I mean? And um yeah. I, I definitely want to see the outcome of that game. I think it's gonna be a pretty tough game. It, I think it might come down to a nail biter. Mm-hmm. So I can I, I can understand that. I can understand that. For me for me it's Kansas and Alabama. And I'm not just saying that because it's Alabama, but um I say it because from what I've gathered with Kansas State, they are a team that they will they won't they're not gonna back down from Alabama. They're not gonna come in scared of Alabama. They are, from what I've been told, one of the more physical teams in the Big Twelve. And they're gonna present some challenges now. For Alabama, they if I'm Alabama, don't come into this game thinking you got it made. Thinking they're just gonna lay down. This is a team you got to just go in there and beat. Because if you don't, Kansas State's going to do to you what they did to TCU. I got to take back something. I got. I just remembered. I can't say people aren't going to go to Colorado because apparently Nebraska's about to get a whole lot of recruits too with Matt Rule there. So the Midwest is about to be very popular very fast. Of course. I'm telling you. Get ready. Get ready. Now for the last two before we get out of here. So you got the you got the well actually no, we didn't ask Ace what his New Year's six ball game was. 
Me, uh, I'm probably just sticking to the playoff games. But if I had a pick, it's just to see if Kansas shows up to make that next step as a program. Mm. And with that, because you know, we were the first video I think we did was the big, the Big Twelve with Kansas, and we're making fun of them for going um winless. Kansas State. Are we just talking about? In oh, Kansas State. Yeah, I know. But I'm talking about for Kansas. You know how we were making fun of them for going winless the very first video that I did. And now all of a sudden they're uh, big time. Not big time, but you know what I mean? Where they were actually winning games now and they're making noise in the Big 12. Mm. And also since Kansas State played spoiler now back to that to TCU in the championship, you're like, hmm, what happens? You never know. I will say I, I like that I like that move by Jeff Sims going to Nebraska. Yeah, I like that. That's that's gonna be it could be proved to be pivotal for them. Uh, so you know, a few more things before we just get out of here for tonight. Uh, so first matchup we gotta talk about is this one. You know, Ohio State's matchup with Georgia's defense without Ace's favorite wide receiver that he wants to be a Saint, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, he wasn't playing anyway, so. I think I want to know how does Ohio State's offense, how are they going to come out? <laughs> uh, if the game ends with on the spread under 25, I'd say that's a win for Ohio State. I, I, I could say the same. I could say the same. Because hmm. that, that. Well, we're all in agreement, right? Yeah, Georgia is a. Different level. Yeah, George on on some. So I feel like, you know, like he said, with the with the spread man. I just I hope I hope they come out and they give out a good fight because George is gonna come with it. Yeah. yeah, they struggled to Michigan's physicality. If at you home. struggle with Michigan at home, if you struggle to Michigan's physicality, oh boy, you are in for a long day. Facts. And then we got the other one on the other side. That's the first game up on New Year's Day. Whoops. Max Dugan is going to be a very interesting prospect in the NFL. Max Duggan? Duggan. I would say Dugan. My bad. Michigan's defense against Max Duggan and Quentin Johnston. In T- in you got to say, Quentin Johnston broke the TCU stigma at wide receiver. Ooh, that's just a TCU offense. Ooh, what, what do you think, Darius? Do you think Quentin Johnson broke the stigma around TCU wide receivers? Yes, I think he did that. Like he he did that at a at a he he. Hang on, that was surprising. I I, I at first had my questions about him because we've seen like Josh Doxson, Jalen Rager, like do good stuff at TCU, and then they go to the pros, and then they're just god awful, not even in the league or barely in the league. Yeah. Where when you watch Quinn Johnson play, you're like, man, this brother different. That part, he is, he really is. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I still think Michigan can pull it out, but it's going to have to be an amazing effort. I was, I was gonna say, I, I, I hope, I hope the same thing you said for Bama goes for Michigan. Like they can't come in thinking. TCU is just gonna give it up because they're gonna be in for a rude awakening. Yeah, yeah, 
Big time. All right, one last college football question. Nadarius, put on your GM cap, right? If you're the Houston Texans, who are you taking number one, Bryce Young or Will Anderson? Or Jalen Carter? Uh, I'm probably gonna, I'm probably gonna take Bryce Sims. You mean Bryce Young? Yeah. Okay, because he said Bryce Sims. A little confused there, but yeah. And who who would you be your number one linebacker coming out? Number one linebacker coming out in the draft? It'll probably be Ventura Miller from Florida. Florida. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll say he 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 can fly around. He can do a lot. So I feel like Ventura Miller would be my first linebacker picking off the board if I had to choose. All right. Wide receiver one and C. Well, I think CB one and DT one we know, and DE one we already know. Well, so who would you be your wide receiver one? So this is crazy. If he goes into the draft. Like he's right now, it's questionable. This is if he goes into the draft because I've recently seen like an article where he was undecided. But if he goes into the draft, he could possibly be, depending on his numbers and what he does, he could be number one. I would say 14 from Florida State. Oh, yeah. Johnny, uh, I think Johnny Wilson. Yeah. I saw I, Johnny Wilson be projected as like a six round pick. I don't know why they were doing that, though. Yeah. I, He's, he's just like a big guy who just makes yeah. people like. But he's made he he's made some pretty good um he's he's made some pretty good plays he's came through when the teams need him, um and I feel like he's, you know he's uh, uh I I like that pick is just like you said with the numbers I think if he shows out in the pro day, he'd be one of those guys you see rise up, and it won't be because of college production it'll be because of how he measures, and yeah. if he does like under four four. Yeah, he's he, at his size. Yeah, he will go probably like. Yeah. Me, it'll be probably him or Johnson at this point because I think Njigba won't go as wide receiver one because he barely played this year. Yeah. But then again, Stingley didn't, but he measured so well at the pro day. He won over Sauce Gardner, so. It's possible because I mean, look, if Njigba goes to the pro, not the pro day, if Njigba goes to, goes to Indy and throws out, hey, you never know. And one more. I keep three more questions before we wrap this up. Um, hey, I gotta ask. So, how do you, what do you think Isaiah? How what do you think Isaiah land gonna land up? That's pun intended because you know we we and J Peeps talk about this. Generally, guys who go to the Senior Bowl, they get themselves drafted. We we were we noticed that last year. Where, where do you think land lands up? Teams or where will he end up in the draft? I'd say where would team. you prefer to see him at on a team, and then also where do you think he would? Um, personally, I think Zayland will get picked up in the draft. I would say fourth, between fourth, between fifth and seventh round, between those um rounds, and then teams. And let me put my GM hat back on. <laughs> let me put my GM back on. Uh, Zayland comes out after training and comes out at the Senior Bowl weighing 230. Uh, still, you know, with his physique and his explosiveness, I would take him at Buffalo 
because I would want him to play behind a Von Miller, someone that can coach him up and mold him into a, a, a phenomenal player because he has similar, you know, his 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 play style is similar to Von Miller's. You know, I, if I was a GM, I would pick him up, and you know, because I feel like he can he can mold into a Pro Bowl player later on down the line, playing behind Von Miller, playing alongside Von Miller. Well, I already asked JP. Was already got you to say you wanted to go with Tampa with Levante, so I can't ask you that. But uh, MVP, Offensive Rookie of the Year, and Defensive Rookie of the Year, who you got for all those three this year? Before we wrap it up, MVP. Uh, I'm trying to think because there's some people. Hurts, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow. I would I would say Jalen Hurts. Okay. I'm going with Hurts. I'm going right. with Hurts. Offensive Rookie of the Year: Olave, Garrett Wilson, or Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker. Yeah, I give. Yeah, definitely. And defensive rookie: Woolen, Aiden Hutchinson, or Sauce. Sauce. That's that's sauce. All right. Now let me ask you this. If the Lions, by some miracle of God, make the playoffs and Aiden Hutchinson ends up with five sacks and two forced fumbles and the Jets don't make the playoffs, even with yeah. sauce, I, I would still probably have to take sauce because of the production. Pro, what he has done in the league so far. I don't think he gave hey, up. on Aiden. Aiden actually been doing good. But Sauce didn't give up a touchdown this season. Yeah, he he he's been he he been he been putting some cup on some people. All right, just making sure. Gotta get you to make sure you don't give me no easy answers. Now I will say now with everything that you said for Detroit, I think Dan Campbell should get Coach of the Year. Mm-hmm. Now I will say that. I will say. Wait that. a minute. Aiden Hutchinson's got seven sacks and two picks. What the hell? Sauce still taking yeah, sauce. I, I can't that that can't compete. Not giving up. A, you know how hard. Listen, I know it was very hard to not. Hey, this man kept, kept uh, Justin Jefferson under a fifty yards. That we're, is very we're, talk, hard. we're talking about the NFL. We're talking about everybody's a pro. Everybody's a pro. Everybody has like this is the highest of the highest levels. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So I feel like to not give up a touchdown. That that's something not a lot of people can do. That's that's facts. That's facts. And, and today's See, game, I got him to give me the hard answers. Yeah, and today's game, I got him all the, all all the, the questions to make him see if you'll va- waver. He ain't waver. I like these answers. Good job. I like it, Nadari. Thank you very much. Of course, folks. That's gonna wrap it up for us tonight. I hope you've enjoyed our holiday special as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. Oh, yeah. I need one more before we go. College football champion pick and Super Bowl pick. Oh man, you gonna throw that at him? Golly. <laughs> the college football one feels more like. Well, you know what? Go ahead, Nadarius. I I gotta come back to I. I gotta come back to that. I ain't gonna lie. I, I, all right, sorry, right, sorry. Right. If you ain't got yeah. me an answer, that's fine. I'll that, make that it. was that that was a great question though. I'll give you an easy one. Favorite type of Christmas cookie? Sugar, snickerdoodle, gingerbread, chocolate chip, or any other one? I'm different. So I would say favorite Christmas dessert. No, give loves you the cookie first. So so cookie, um, I would say white macadamia. 
Wow, that's unique. I've never had that. I'll be honest. Never had that. As you long as you didn't say oatmeal, never, we were good. You've never been long? in Subway and had a white macadamia cookie? No. No. Oh, I've been to crumble cookie, insomnia cookie. I've never had that before. <laughs> yeah, you gotta try. You gotta try. It's 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 chocolate chip, but it's white chocolate and macadamia nuts. Interesting. You gotta try. Hmm. And where'd you say they were at? Uh, you can go to Subway, and I think um, Insomnia has it. I think Insomnia has it. Interesting. Hmm. All right, now one more before we get out of here for real this time. You said favorite Christmas dessert ace? Yeah. Okay, favorite Christmas dessert. I can't say Christmas food because that's too broad. Christmas dessert? Like, what do you always have on that table for des- Christmas dessert? Probably a, a a pie. My mom. So, so every so every every Christmas, my mom finds finds it her um her duty to make like twelve pies. She makes your mom pies. sound like my uncle, but with cakes. Yeah, she makes twelve pies, and they like the pies go faster than anything. Oh my goodness! What kind of pies she make? Uh, sweet potato. Yes. It's, it's all it's all from scratch. All from scratch. Yes. That is the one for the win. Yeah. It's always the one for the win. just made JP's day. <laughs> of course. Because what do you think? What do you think I'm about to make from scratch? Literally like the day before Christmas. Yeah, she um, she, makes, she she makes it her duty to make 13 sweet potato pies and um Christmas, the kids open their presents at Seven, eight in the morning, the pies are gone around one in the afternoon. They're gone. Family come pick them up. The house eats them. Like is they they they're gone. You gotta you gotta you gotta hurry up and get you some. That's insane. Jeez. I thought I was doing my piece by eating eating up my two little pies. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Darius, we has gone by one. That's that's next level. We thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, you know, we wish you all the best uh, as far as you know your preparation for the NFL draft. Um, we can't say thank you enough for you know what you've done for this Florida and program. We'll definitely be keeping an eye on you and watching you going forward. You know, whether even if it be you know the XFL, the USFL. Or Canadian football, we'll definitely keep an eye on. We'll be looking at you going on down the road and stuff. Definitely have to bring you back too. This was this was awesome. Uh, I'm I'm I definitely find I'm definitely appreciated that you guys uh, brought me on this show. Um, I couldn't thank you guys enough um, to put me on you guys' platform and talk about the things we talked about. Um, go ahead, you got it. Oh, <laughs> I want to say thank you for giving me all the hard answers. <laughs> I try sometimes, not all the time. <laughs> all right, folks, as you know, that's going to do it for us. We thank you so much. You guys make sure you have a happy and safe and blessed Christmas. And Darius, as well with you, have a happy, safe, and blessed Christmas. Um, there's always See you all in 2023. Yes. And we will be back with season five of the Running Gun Podcast in January 2023. Not right away, but like a few weeks. I got stuff I got to take care of. But 
Yeah, yeah we got to get the semesters rolling back up again. Yeah, so yeah, stay safe, stay blessed. We'll see you next year. Oh,